Today is June 4th, and this is the voicemail episode of Talking Yanks. We've got Keiko Watch. We've got Clint Watch. We've got a lot of good storylines. We've got a lot of fun questions. Let's talk Yanks. what is up how is everyone doing thank you for joining talking yanks for the voicemail episode my name is john boy i'm coming to you from new jersey i got my co-host jake coming to you from denver we had a great episode yesterday covering the red sox series i already got one compliment on it jake so that means it was the best episode ever i'm excited about this episode you're excited everyone's excited let's do it how are you doing jake I'm good, James. I, as you can see, I've taken the mic out of the mic stand, and I, I've got a little more of a recline than I normally do, and that was strategic. Oh wow! Um, because as you know, um, probably our main topic this episode, and and the topic that a lot of people are turning tuning into, is a somewhat negative topic. Um, but I need people to remember how good things are. Uh, 30 and 10 in the last 40. I think it's, it's, I think the number's 13 of the 14 last series. I think we skipped one and I was saying that the series ago. Uh, but things are still incredible in Yankee land. So I think, um, that might even be the worst news for young Clint is that this is about the only thing negative we can zoom in on. <laughs> so people are. Yeah. When it's the only, th- yeah. That's what I said yesterday. Like, people need something to talk about. I mean, never in the history, even the 1998 Yanks, like I'd love to go back to the airwaves of the 1998 Yanks and find what the complaints were in September. Cause you know, that's how it works. Like you got, and I'm not, I don't even think I try to be a positive guy and I don't even think it's a bad thing. Like there's going to be like worries and complaints. There's going to be something. Uh, you just have to remember the scope of things. The scope of Yankees Nation right now is fantastic. It's phenomenal. Where we have a bunch of guys doing things we didn't think they were going to do, and it's great. And I, I didn't listen to the voicemails. I had intern Luke go through them today. Yeah. But I heard him laughing a little bit. So I think like there will be a Clint segment of this show where we'll we'll kind of step back from yesterday. Might have been more reactionary. We can step back a little and see where we've landed. You and I have landed today. But I think we got a bunch of fun episodes, fun stuff to talk about too. I don't Let's, know. Uh, I, I've got I've got kind of a fun one to kick off. My own voicemail. Uh, first time, long time. Okay. Out out outside of injuries, what's like the the current moment second biggest concern? Bullpen usage. Like, like if Louis Sess is our uh, gonna stay as our seventh man out of the pen. No, I think it would be length from starters. Like we, we, we just had, we just went through a month where we had to use an opener with Paxton being out and then CC right. being out. That should be over now. But our bullpen yeah. got really taxed this past month, and they had a lot of usage. They won us almost every game. They're phenomenal. But I would say that's a concern. Um, we need, we need to go through a stretch where every starter goes two times the rotation, averaging six innings. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen. I think. Well, me neither. I don't think it's like it's not like a, a must must, but a good stretch where the starters give us distance would be nice. Yeah, the the better bet is like we're uh, if we could get a week or two in where it's like Paxson throws a gem, Tank throws a gem, and we have a couple blowout wins. Where yeah, laughers. Guys. Yeah, yeah, we need we we. You're right. We do need a week like that. But I mean that that just was a a little juxtaposition, James. Yeah. Of again, how how good times are. If if our second biggest complaint right now is, wow, the guys who are incredible are out of our bullpen, we're using them a lot to secure wins. That's that's good news. So we uh we we'll, we will get to the Clint topic. We'll we'll see where it comes up. But yeah, we're we're gonna do some fun stuff and some serious stuff too. Yeah. 
We're going to start with a real serious fun issue just to open the show on a, a lighter, happier note. Then we'll go in serious and we'll do a mix of voicemails from there. Sound good? Yeah. And this 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 show is brought to you by us, kind of. Uh, go go check out our shirts and stuff. Go check out the website. Um, Jim, no, no, Jimmy's wait. I'm going to do a, Check out everything. I'm going to do a real, a real. We're not doing the Patreon today. So this episode is brought to you by John Boy Media. Okay. Wow. You might listen to just Talking Yanks, but you don't know everything. If you're a Giants yeah. fan, we have Talking Giants. If you're a Knicks fan, we have Talking Knicks. If you like hilarious stories, Jake and I, the very same co host that you're listening to right now, we do laughs from the past. And on t- today's episode, we that we're in the fourth season. It's all about children making history. We did a story that gave me chills, guaranteed to give you chills. Go check that out. If you like everyday national sports news and everyday weird-ass stories that are in the, new- the news, that's John Boy and Jake Radio, Monday through Friday, every day, Jake and I do that. If you like movies, I have a six-pack cinema podcast. We review a movie. Um, every Monday, and we do Hollywood headlines over there. Uh, I know there's other stuff that I'm blanking on. Simple Man Radio is more fun, and the same guy from Talking Giants. So we do a lot. We don't promote um, that because that's just not who I am. I I hate doing this, but I'm going to take one day, Jake, and if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. We have a YouTube. Yeah, he, I, I do he, breakdowns he, on YouTube. Go there and check this out. Anything else? He hates self. He hates self promotion. He doesn't hate doing all that stuff. He likes doing all that stuff. Um, no, I'm uh, I'm doing talking Knicks after this. We're doing a deep dive on R.J. Barrett, who will be in play whether he's on the Knicks or traded. And uh, yeah, our, the the laughs from the past episode. Um, like if there's something you need to check out, like just a really cool story, you should. Yeah. If you like sports at all, you will like this story. So and our and our and our Yankee Rose. KT Sharp and you do talking huskies as well. Oh yeah. It's all coming out, baby. Johnboymedia.com will get you everywhere you need to go. And uh and if you want to review, rate, subscribe, do that. Check out the store. Boom. Once every like that's probably the first time ever I've done that full <laughs> spiel yeah. when a lot of people who invest and say would probably tell me to do it every show. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. My one time annoyance tax is over. Let's go into a fun voicemail. Hey, boys. It's Pat from Jersey. How you doing? Uh, so I'm listening to the fan this morning, and they're talking about the protective netting and the poor kid that was hit the other day. And they said, well, there's already a solution in Japan. Apparently, there's an unprotected section in front of the netting where people can sit if they sign a waiver and wear helmets and have a mitt with them. I just thought that was hilarious. But I guess it would be a solution. Uh, anyway, I want to know if you ever heard of that and uh, what your thoughts were. Uh, I I'm not a fan of the huge I'm not a huge fan of the netting, but I get it, and you know is what it is, and people's safety is more important. So anyway, I just want to know your thoughts. All right, later, boys. Did you know about this section of Japanese fans? I did not. I need to Google this. I mean, Japanese television loves their game shows where they just like kill each other. This sounds awesome. But ba- ba- Japanese baseball fans netting i'm trying to find pictures of it because yeah if you if you would you go sit there if they're like you bring a helmet a glove and just be out be alert no netting you're as close as can be no (laughs) just flat out no 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 jokes or anything tied to it just no um Uh, there's a video hbo has a video on it i'm full netting um it's we're we're going to look back and laugh, um, like I I bet the first catcher that wore shin guards got laughed at, um, and and now go look at an old catcher's outfit. Go look at an old catcher's outfit and and let me know what you think about it. Or a hockey um, goalie. Yeah, it's uh, it, this is the next step. I don't get me wrong. I <laughs> I am a fan. I'm I'm trying to be so much of a fan that I'm making a livelihood out of it. And there should be a net up. I, I'm sorry. Like I, uh, it it doesn't matter if you're prepared and ready to go. Um, I I think it was funny. Some the best tweet I saw like right after that happened was 
there was a shift on a left-handed hitter um, in the second baseman. There was a line drive to the second baseman who was basically playing short right field, and it went off his glove. He couldn't catch it. It was like a 112-mile-per-hour line drive. And it's like, hey, that guy is out there on the field getting paid to do this. Yeah. Never mind Nani or Grandpa in the stands doing, doing whatever they're doing. And, Jim, this is just a classic case of people compartiment, compartmentalizing something in their head and them saying, oh, that, well, that's not me. That would never happen to me. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, I'm sure there's people out there that go to the game. They're looking at their phone. They're there with kids or they're old. Oh, yeah, those guys are going to get hit, not me. And then you're the one that gets popped in the dome, and then you die on TV. So, Jake, I, give, me, give me some nets. If we ever go to a game in Japan... Which right. I guess we'll put on our bucket list. It's Talking on there. Yanks does Japan. We're sitting in these seats. I have the uh, Bryant Gumble HBO segment on the other screen right now. The seats okay. come with a glove and a helmet. And they have videos and it's like families there. It looks like a great time. Right. It's not behind home plate. It still would be past the dugouts. So down the lines. Right. But okay, so picture like the Oakland bullpen. Right. That's where you're sitting. The net's behind in, behind you, so you're the only fans in front of the net, so you have great seats, really. Right. And you get a glove and a helmet. So I would feel embarrassed to wear a glove and a helmet to a game because I would never do that because that's embarrassing. Right. But here, you're part of the, the fun of it all. I'm team Nets. I'm team this section in Japan. We need to go do this. All right. Also, just just put up Nets, man. It's, I mean, it just turned, the risk reward doesn't add up. Do you well, see this, you ever, this net, this net might, you know, take away from 2% of the experience. Uh, but if it's not there, it could kill someone. How about golf when they just line up on a, like a drive, like down, like the skinniest. That line. blows that, my mind. Some, someone's getting pegged there soon. How has no one died from an errant drive? Well, it's not the drives more. Well, I guess if it's a tight tee box, it's the drive. But like those shots when the ball goes in the woods and you see them literally make like a a five foot wide path for Dustin Johnson to get his ball out. If if you're one of the people lining that, like just know Darwin's talking about you. Darwin, it's not worth. It's not worth the pick. It's not worth the pick. Yeah. All right. So. Do, would you think that the Americans should do what? I think that's the actual question. America should offer nets and offer seats in front of nets for all the badasses. Dude, think about how, like, you're you're enjoying looking at it, uh, Brian Gumble, and thinking about going to Japan and doing that. Do you know how hokey that would look at Yankee Stadium? Well, I mean, not as hokey as the fucking judges' chambers. I, I think it would be about just as hokey. Yeah, I mean that's the But at late. least the judges the judges chambers, I mean at least it's right field where Aaron Judge plays and it's a fan thing. This just picture looking down the left field line and you've got people in helmets and gloves at Yankee Stadium. Like that would just look so out of place. There's some people that are sitting in this section that aren't wearing the helmet too cool for school. That right. those people. Now, it really doesn't look that weird. I I'll I'll show like you, you, the video. you would like you would like seeing this if two ballparks had it. Like if if Detroit and Anaheim had this, you'd be like, oh yeah, it was cool seeing the batting helmet section. You would not like this at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really not that bad looking. I'm gonna send it send a video to you as I play the next voicemail. Yeah. So you, I I have it queued up so you can see it, but uh, I don't think it's as bad as you're thinking. It's kind of it looks normal. It's just some people having fun. But all right. Yeah. Let's move on to the big topic of the day. We got a bunch of voicemails, so I'm just going to run through the four of them, and uh, then we will have the big conversation that needs to be had. Yo, I just want to. I just want to say, I'm. I, that's my Red Sox fan friend. I'm sorry, he sucks. Fuck the Red Sox. Uh, Michael Chavis did steroids. David Ortiz did steroids. Uh, furthermore, I just want to say. There is no excuse for what Clint Frazier just did in that game. Uh, he botched four, maybe five plays if you count his throw. So he botched two. 
trade the guy or send him down. Tyro Estrada could be playing out there. Cameron Maben could be playing out there. Furthermore, why the fuck was Cameron Maben not playing out there in the seventh inning? What are you doing, Boone? That's what he's going to replace You can't let Frazier out there in the seventh inning in a close game play defense. He botched five plays, six fucking plays the whole game. Clint Frazier sucks. He's got a decent bat, but it doesn't justify that shit. I'm sorry. I love talking Yanks. Thanks, guys. Uh, John Boy, Jake, you suck. I'll see you guys. Jake, you don't suck. I'm sorry. You guys rock. Peace out. Whoa. Whoa. Whirlwind. He called back. He called back and left another voicemail. Hey, guys. A little follow-up on the voicemail I just left calling Clint a traffic cone. Uh, I just want to be clear that I take Cameron Mabin over him right now any day of the week and twice on Sundays because he's hitting 270, gives you plus defense in the outfield, good speed, good arms. He really makes the team well-rounded with the power guys that we already have. And when you got Clint out there, it's just a, you know, a disaster. All right, so I just want to be clear. I wasn't talking about Gardner or something weird that Cameron Mabin should be, you know, splitting time with Gardner in the outfield over Clint once we're healthy. Be good, guys. Hey, Jake and Jim, boy, Steve Cohen from Nutley, New Jersey. Um, I know it's going to be talked about probably a good bunch, but uh, just wondering what the Yanks are thinking about with Clint Frazier. Why do they keep putting him in right? I mean, he's god-awful. That's evident. But why do they think these routine drills prior to the game starting where they're just hitting them loop pop-ups are going to help so much? Uh, just uh, I know you guys are going to talk about this a lot, so I just want to hear you say. All right. We got to trade Clint Frazier. It's absolutely brutal out there. The guy's an absolute traffic cone in right field. The guy's about as useful as a pylon out there. It, it, like you said, high schoolers make those plays. I don't care about his legendary bat speed. He ain't that consistent of a hitter anyway. Guy can't catch a cold in right field. He ain't worth it. Trade him. Try to get a pitcher. Try to get something that can actually help the team that will help us when we're at full strength. Because when, when we're at full strength, we don't even need Clint Frazier. Um, all right, so that's the calls we got on Clint. Kind of all the same sentiment. I said to you just just before we were recording, Jake, that I was expecting the interwebs, all the forums, and all the places I go for my my Yankees talk, which includes like radio people, the media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, like everywhere. I was expecting it to be more divided and it's not, it's a lot of people with the same sentiment. And that's what I was saying yesterday with, I think it would be divided more if he didn't not talk to the media. I think that really hammered the nail on the head with a lot of people. There's two separate issues. There's the off the field Clint and the media thing. And, but, but people probably more annoyed by that. So let's just stay on the field for now. And uh, okay. on the field, he's can't be trusted to help you win a game outside of in the, in the field. He only as a DH can he be trusted to help you win the game. Like come September, if we are in a race and every game is important, or in the playoffs, if unless there's drastic drastic improvement which is kind of crazy to think that will happen since this has been a uh, seven-year problem, then he has no place on this team besides a DH. I mean, and that's not... I don't even think that's me being hot take or harsh or uh, upset with his personality. It's just, if we are a contending team, he has no place on a contending team besides DH. And when Stanton and Judge and Didi are back, with Urshela and DJ and Voight, there's no spot for him to DH. And unless his bat goes into like a hot streak that he's, the hottest streak he's had, and it prolongs over two months by the time we get to the end of the season where everyone's healthy, right now there's no future for Clint on this team. And And this season, this season. And that will sound like such a hot take to some people, but I don't think it is. I think I'm trying to be as calculated as possible with the on-the-field play. No, you're you're being absolutely right. I, th- I think one of the biggest things that you and I stumbled on, um, it, it was the same thing as the, uh, what was it, the bullpen usage last year. Um, if you put Clint Frazier out there and he makes an error at this point, 
it's not on Clint Frazier. It's on Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman. Because mm-hmm. um, you, you, you know what you're going to get. It's not a box of chocolates. You know what you're going to get. It's a, it's, a, it's a bad baby Ruth bar in a pool is what you're going to get. And <laughs> he's, he's a DH as of right now. Um, and there's a couple things. And I, I mean, who, again, knows how injuries and everything's going to go. Um, but right now he's a DH and the only way, the only way he should be playing, I I realized this when we were talking after the episode is when you see a guy like Tyro Estrada, when he first came up, uh, you see him, you know, they put him in, in the seventh or eighth inning of a blowout just to be on the field, to do it, to kind of get some reps in. Like Clint Frazier has to do that defensively. Um, if if that's if that's how they're going to put him on the field, um, but with everything moving moving forward with Didi coming back soon, hopefully Giancarlo. Who knows with Judger? But I mean, he's heading down to Tampa, so he's he's trying. Um, it's it's tough to picture. And the other thing which I threw out on yesterday's podcast was show me a guy in Yankees history who's had anything even in this realm, um, whether on the field, off the field, whatever, that went on to have like a, a nice six, seven year Yankee career, something like that. Um, cause I got nothing. Um, I, I, I truly have nothing and it's, uh, I don't know. I, you know, is is there a, the slightest part of me that wants us to peacock a little bit for the people that were saying, why would you even bring back Brett Gardner? Like, just play Clint Frazier out there. I think you found out why, folks. Um, only because he can't catch a fly ball. The conversations um, that I've been having too is some people saying like, well, he's not a natural right fielder. It's his hundred and fiftieth game in right field. Sure, he's more comfortable in left field, but right field at Yankee Stadium's one of the easier outfield yeah. spots in the entire MLB. It's kind of the last leg. Someone cracked me up when they said Carlos Beltran played right field, like at 40. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's one of the easier outfields to play in the entire MLB. So it's kind of like people are like, well, he's playing out of position. Well, he's playing the easiest. They tried him in center field in the minor leagues. He couldn't do it. They tried him in left field. You couldn't do it, so they're like, "Okay, this is last resort." Yankee right field at Yankee Stadium, easiest place in the world to play MLB outfield, and uh, can't do it. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah, this I is, mean, uh, basically, next next stop for him is left field at Fenway. Um, but I I don't know. It's um, I I think a lot of people, and if if you're one of our younger listeners, uh, a I appreciate you, and I I I love everybody's passion. But I, I I had so many online arguments with younger people who were like, well, he's he's fast and he has a strong arm. Like, he's going to be able to be a good outfielder. And he, if you haven't seen it by now, unless there's a major life change and we're, we're reading an ESPN article three years from now, how, how Clint Frazier turned things around, um, that's not going to happen. So... Um, you and I, I mean, it's it's a little bit Yankee elitist, but you and I have had this talk like three times now where it's like, you know, I could still see Clint going on somewhere to a kind of a lesser um, intense climate and hitting his 30 home runs and having his 10 nightmare games in the outfield every year, and it doesn't matter. But this kind of doesn't happen in Yankee land. And, uh, Jim, I, I do want to come back a little bit because uh, – because the other thing that is a factor here is how much can this dude hit? Um, because we've seen it uh, for periods, not a lot, um, but I, I just want to relive this season a little bit. So his first 18 games this year uh, before his IL stint, uh, he goes 324, uh, 342 OBP, 975 OPS, uh, six home runs, I, I mean, he's that's hitting at an all-star caliber level. He goes on the IL, um, and he comes out, and it's pretty ugly for a while. It's it's twelve games, yeah, twelve games. He goes six for forty. He bats one fifty, two oh nine, three eighty four OPS. And I I I can't fully defend it, but he was coming off the IL after being hot, 
you know, coming back. And, I, you know, this, this is something I do with guys I like. You know, I, I do like to move the stats around a little bit, whether it's Guardy or Holder or whoever it is. So, I mean, just view that through whatever scope you want to do it. And then uh, he breaks out of the slump in that Orioles game. He gets to start. So his past 11 games, he's hitting 308, 386 on base, a 1.053 OPS. Um, so, again, that IL stint and coming back can't fully be excused at all. I mean, it, it's part of the body of work. But um, when he's been right, he is a really talented hitter. And, Jim, I don't know how the story ends, but I think you and I just feel like you snap your fingers and two years later and he's playing, you know, he's playing right field for the Diamondbacks or, or left field for Minnesota and he's hitting his 30 home runs uh, and every now and then we catch a blooper, but we say, oh, man, remember that? Um, so I, I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah. So that's, that's on the field. That's like his ability. Yeah. Um, we'll see what they do. I, I think uh, they can't keep playing him in right field. I mean, they can't. No. No. So we'll, I only, think they, I, only I, in blowouts. I think they may try. And what that one caller, and this is really something that I've been harping on, don't show me footage of him catching a ball that a man throws to him right they're not even throwing it or hitting it from home plate like they're running like football routes you do for fun and throwing over the shoulder catches like they're on the beach with a football telling me he's been working real hard on his defense now maybe he's doing other stuff behind the scenes and is working really hard i wouldn't doubt that but i'm sick of them showing me him playing catch and telling me He's working really hard on like that's working hard. That's not going to help any of his problems. Yeah, that that footage is laughable. Um, and yeah, you'd like to think there's more going on, Jimmy. The other thought I had this morning was like, <laughs> what if he can't do other drills yet? <laughs> I don't know. It's bad. Like so they're, that, ju- they're trying to build him up from the bottom because that's where he is. But I don't know. And there's another side of it, but where the accountability is not there. And I, I worded it on Instagram. I was kind of happy with the way I worded it. I said he's so loud in the good times with his cleats and his Instagram captions. And then to be so quiet in the bad. And it's been clarified. Uh, he decided not to talk himself. The Yankees wanted him to talk to the media. He declined. He did talk to Coley Harvey, who's a beat reporter. We're good friends with Coley. But Coley's definitely nice to Clint. Like he's like a on his side, one of the guys on the side. So yeah. They're they're Atlanta buddies. So um, happy for Coley. They got the scoop there and got a quote, but that doesn't really help any issue. That doesn't help the issue that he dodged all the media. This is a weird thing where people are trying to say, uh, it's not his job to talk to the media. Who cares as long as he plays? I don't know if you're outside the New York media or you're kind of young to the situation. Um it's his job to talk to the media. His job is to play baseball in New York and talk to the New York media. And every player that has played in New York, that's their job. And they know it. Listen to any episode R2C2. Ask him, what do you give advice to the young pitchers? Uh, he says, all I do, be accountable. Blame your teammates. In the, give your teammates props in the good times. Take it on yourself in the bad and be there every day. I mean, that's, we've heard that from so many players. And last year, Stan went 0 for 5 with 5 strikeouts. Stan had a two-week stretch where he was dead. He faced the music every single day. Greg Bird was public enemy number one. And maybe he didn't say the right quotes, but he faced the music every day. Sonny Gray went out there and literally shit on the mound in front of like an entire... entire, not literally. Not literally. He shit the bed. Because I've seen that. You've seen that. It's gross. Sonny Gray went out there. Had the entire stadium booing him after like three innings. And at the end of the game, he faced the music. And he was terrible in front of the camera. But it, nothing, nothing's as bad as dodging it completely and not facing the music. When not only did you have a bad game, Clint, like your errors were costly. They cost us three runs, which yeah. may have been the game. Like you, ha- you have to do that. Uh, it's just that's part of playing baseball in New York. And 
it's it, it's so it sounds so dramatic, but it's a big it's a big turning point in his relationship with the organization, which we already know was hectic as hell. We already know that the PR team has like a uh, it's like a they they have like a Clint segment of the PR team. Um, yeah, it's like they do they do their weekly meeting on Monday morning to start the week, and it's it's forty five minutes on the team, forty five minutes on the team as a whole, and then fifteen minutes on Clint. Not even a joke. That's not even that's not even really an exaggeration. Uh, we we've had conversations with people, and it's like, yeah, Clint is a headache. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. Yeah. It's bad. It's really bad. It's bad all around. I'm not I'm trying not to be like shock jockey, but it is a bad situation even when you calculate it. So. Yeah, it's, I'd say the the only thing where I'm I'm on a slightly different part of the scale is like there's there's still room. Like he he is 24. I know you know you see some of the other young guys that have done it for the Yankees and young guys currently on the team, but people age differently and people are different. And I mean, there is a chance Clint can learn to grow on that side from this, and he. You know, maybe that's what he realized by reaching out to Coley after, like, damn, like that sucked, but I needed to do something. Um, so I don't know. I mean, he, I, like, there's still opportunity for him to come back on that side and be, you know, to look back and say, I'm young and dumb. Like, I, I know you and me, you and I kind of conflicted on this a little last night, but I mean, thing is, thing is, some of this dumb stuff we did five years ago that we want to do now. Um, you know, so I, 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 it doesn't give him a pass, but I think there is there will be an opportunity for him to learn and grow, and I, I'd love for him to take that. I'm not confident in it at all, um, but yeah, it's uh, uh, it it feels like <laughs> the beginning of the end. It it doesn't feel like we're gonna be doing talking yanks three years from now and being like, wow, it. Clint Frazier really figured it out off the field and in the outfield. Like, it do, I just don't see that segment coming. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if Clint plays good defense and hits, then he's back in the good graces, and this is a blip. But, like, that's a lot of things that he has to do. Uh, Judge had some quotes on it that Coley shared. Judge said, when I was his age, I was probably in double-A Trenton or something like that in Scranton, working on the same thing. And nobody would know about it. I was missing balls down there, and nobody knew about it. But on the big stage, uh, for him to, to come, he has to come here and make those adjustments working on them. The biggest, highest levels, hats off to him. He's going to be fine. I know it. I don't judge is like a year older than Clint, so the math doesn't add up there. Uh, I think Judge made his debut at 24. So um, good for Judge having his guys back. Speaking on his back. Yeah, I mean, ju- ju- Judge debuted at 24, and then he had his breakout season, age 25. Um, th- there's some truths to it. I mean, all these guys are doing the and right also, thing. And also, Judge was never, teammate. Judge was never missing balls. I mean, that's just Judge being nice. No, 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 no. Um, I mean, absolutely not. But I, I, I'll say that's. That's where I think I have the slider inkling of hope on this is the fact that, you know, Clint has been loud with the cleats and the Instagrams and all that is that Jimmy, I mean, as baseball goes, this was about as a big of a stage as could happen during the regular season. Yankees, Red Sox, Sunday Sunday night night baseball. So I, I don't know. I mean, if, if, uh, (laughs) if, if this doesn't, uh, doesn't open your eyes red red thunder then i i don't know what, what will but i don't think his hitting can ever be so good that we can put him in right field every day is that a fair statement like- yeah i mean it it would it would it would take a serious change it's it it there's not like <laughs> there's not a natural progression it's like oh yeah he went from this to now he's kind of average like no like it would have to be a serious serious change um that again we'd be reading an espn article like this is how clint frazier turned it around um but that's that won't be coming out this season um and uh i don't know man let's move on we got a lot of voicemail so yeah here we go yeah yeah how about we sign dallas keichel and use Domingo as an opener or as the guy that comes in after the opener 
and that keeps his innings limit in check. Your thoughts? Go Yanks. Keiko's going to get signed. I mean, if they do sign the Yankees, if they sign Keiko, it wouldn't be like, where's he going to pitch? Because with Herman on an innings limit and struggling of late, uh, there's room for Keiko. That, that's how I'll put it. Like if they, if they want to sign Keiko for a one or two year deal, there is there's room for him, and that would probably be like Herman would become more of an opener, bit player, every other week starter to limit his innings. And uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, for me, the Keuchel thing, like the Keuchel thing, did you see Boris? Boris had another great quote. Um, I'm so over him. So, someone asked if uh, the contract was, was going to be signed yet, and he said something like, the wine still needs to be fermented or something. It was so dumb. Yeah. Um, classic Boris. But the Keuchel thing, I mean, it's still just straight coin flip. Like, I, I can't. There's no there's no sense in getting yourself excited. It's going to be a yes or a no, and we'll probably know in the next 48 hours to a week from today. I don't know. Um, we'll we'll see. Um, the Domingo pitch limit inning limit thing is very real. Um, and I said this to you after the podcast yesterday, just comparing teams, or maybe it was in the podcast yesterday, but I feel like it was after. But what if we look back on this season and, you know, we're comparing the roster at the beginning of the season to midseason to what we're doing in the playoffs? What if we enter the playoffs and Domingo Herman is in the Louis Sessa role in our bullpen? I mean, talk about an upgrade. If he can come in, um, you know, if our starting pitcher doesn't have it that day or if we're, you know, we're down one and we need a few innings and the rest of the bullpen is spent – uh, I mean, we're talking about a guy we've been we've been given love to be an all star this year to Louis Sessa, who is someone that I, I was saying I'm OK if we DFA him this offseason. So um, I think we are going to see a change in Domingo Herman's role this year. Um, I couldn't tell you if that's going to be in the next <laughs> in the next couple weeks or if that's going to be two months from now, because we might still really need him to throw some important innings. So. Um, that, that's kind of where I'm at on it. Yeah, I agree. I'm interested. I don't think he's going to be a Yankee, but I wouldn't be shocked. All right, we got Andrew from Hell's Kitchen. Hey, guys, Andrew from Hell's Kitchen. So, for some reason, a lot of people want to move DJ to first. Uh, I say just go nuclear with, uh, third through second and have Geo at third, DD at short, and, uh, DJ at second, and then... You have Glaber and Void sharing uh, the first base uh, DH spot. And if Glaber can't play first, then uh, someone's got to play mostly DH, so let him do it, and then you uh, rotate when guys need rest. So, yeah, what are your thoughts? Um, no, I'm, I, I thanks for calling, Andrew. I, I wouldn't lock – DJ can play anywhere. His glove's not going to slump. He carries it over to third base. He's a gold glover. Yeah. I guarantee if you put him at first, he's the best first baseman defensively on the team. I'd bet money on that if you put DJ at first, he's the best first baseman on the roster. Easily. Easily. I, I have better than Void. I have no qualms with DJ roaming around, and I think that's how it's going to be going. I think D, I think DD's going to get a good amount of DH days. I think it's going to be – I mean, I've tried to explain the carnival ride. But it's gonna be a carnival ride where Glaber plays short, and and short Glaber plays short and second, Didi plays short and DH, uh, Urshela plays third and sits, Voit plays first and and DH, and DJ plays third short first, and sits. It's yeah. I mean, I, I we haven't seen DJ at short yet. I think they'd like to keep that between Didi and Glaber. I didn't. If um, I said that, it was a mistake. I don't want DJ at no. short. Um, but yeah, I mean that's <laughs> you just essentially described the Yankees' dream coming into this season, <laughs> uh, minus Gio Urshela. <laughs> but <laughs> mixing in off days when you can with a DH day here, um, I think what Andrew from Hell's Kitchen, long longtime caller, thanks Andrew. Um, I, everyone gets excited for the lineup of death. Like what's 
if it's if we if we ended up in a game seven tomorrow, ALCS, and everyone's healthy, what's our lineup? I I don't think it would be a shock to say that around the horn it would be Gary, DJ, Glaber, Didi, Urshela. Voight DHing, um, Stanton, Hicks, Voight, Judge. Yeah. I mean that's as of today, that would be the money lineup. I mean, we'll see we'll see how the season progresses and who's healthy. Uh yada yada yada. I meant mentioned the lobster bisque, but um yeah, we'll we'll see. And I mean it's it's again, these things figure themselves out. How <laughs> How much did we talk before the season? Like, how's DJ LeMayu going to get these at-bats? And now he's the most <laughs> dependable thing in our lineup on a daily basis. So, Yep, I agree. I uh, agree. And also, DJ can play every position, Jake. And he's also been playing shallow right field these days. Yeah. Oh, oh. Killer joke, huh? You don't think oh. so? Hey, guys. You like from upstate calling. I am admittedly a Clint Fraser homer, but I can honestly say I could feel my soul leaving my body watching him mess up those two balls in the seventh inning. Uh, very disappointing. Um, another thing is, not sure why we had Tessa going in there in a 3-2 game. I know we used... Um, are good relievers in the last couple games, but I think we still had Holder if he wanted to go two days in a row, and we also had Green. Not really sure. I don't think I'm going to sweat too much over that. But the last thing is, how did nobody see that Hembry had pine tar all over his hat? It was reflecting off the lights. I mean, I know we're not going to call him out on it because everybody does it, but how did the umps not see it? Anyway, thanks for taking my call. Later. What up, Eli? I missed the Embry Pine Tar. After Kikuchi, my coochie, I was going to make it my business to hunt out Pine Tar in every pitcher. And then I think I right. tried for one game, and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> so, I, so I missed it. Um, yeah. What's, what's our general stance on Pine Tar, Jimmy? Well, my stance is that they, the MLB needs to make a firm rule. You're right. allowed it. These are the substances you're allowed. This is where you store it, use it, or you're not allowed, and we will punish you if you do it. Because I'm sick of the conversation. Yeah. Okay, cool. And uh, why was Sessa in? We kind of went over that. I would have rather hold her, but the bullpen's tight. Bullpen was tight because they went all out to win games one and two. But yeah, Hembry had it on his hat. It was like glowing. So, but I think I think really no one cares at all. Yeah, no, no one really cares. Uh, uh, my, my, my. Okay, anytime this gets brought up, my go-to is just going to be the Steinbrenner calling Lou Pinella to tell him that the other team has pine tar, and Sweet Lou saying back to him, "Yeah, and our guy needs it more than their guy, so we're not saying anything." That's pine tar, babe. Hey, this is Gary calling from Tampa. Uh, I just want to point out how good the Yankees have been against uh, good pitching this year. Besides the game against Granky, you know, they've had some good games against Sale. Uh, recently, they've had games against uh, Glasnow, Snell. Uh, they even lit up Alvarado on the Rays. So uh, they put up three runs against Garrett Cole and Verlander. I mean, could be better, could be worse. And Bumgarner as well. And then I. Right now, the game is going on against the Red Sox. Uh, Aaron Hicks just hit that single to the drive in there. Thanks, Gary. Point stands. Yankees are beating good teams, bad teams, good pitching, and bad pitching. Yankees are winning a lot of games in whatever way they want to win them. Hell yes. Hell yes. Hell yes. I think. Uh, yeah. Uh, I was just gonna say in sales, sales last three games against the Yankees, we beat them. Is that right? Yeah, I don't know. I still remember 2017 when he faced the Yankees five times, pitched great every single game, but the Yankees won all five games. Yeah. So, whatever. 
Hey guys, oh, yeah. this is Zane from the Jersey Shore. I'm calling uh, during the last game of the Red Sox series, and I this is going to be my uh, crazy take of the day. Did Yankees fans underappreciate what Mike Talkman did defensively co- because of Clint Frazier's bat, if that makes sense? So, did the Yankees just underrate Mike Talkman? That's my question. Wouldn't be surprised if it's the first episode, but thank you guys for listening, and uh, bye. Where do, thank you for the call, and basically the question is, when we look back now on Talkman, where does he rank now looking at what Clint's doing in the field and uh, all that? I mean, Talkman had a 716 OPS on the year, 306 on base percentage, but he could play all three outfield positions and play them well. Yeah, I mean it just it depends what you need. If if you needed a fourth outfielder to 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 back up every position defensively and knock it around a little bit, yeah, you're it it's talk daddy easily. If you need to take a chance on having a middle lineup of the middle of the lineup back guy, um you you'd you'd definitely go Clint there and you'd you'd pray that nobody hit a ball towards him, but if Hicks or Gardy get hurt right now, Talkman's back up because they don't have any center fielders. Or maybe they run Cameron Mabin out there. Yeah, they could try Mabin out there. Um his his legs have looked pretty good. Um Yeah. All right, hey, what's up, Jimmy and Jake? Um JP calling in. I was curious to see your thoughts on Kendris Morales. Unless something comes up on the Sunday's game, I'm calling in the afternoon. Uh, do you think Mike Ford comes up, or do you think that a cash will like allow the loss of an asset like Kendrick Morales? I mean, he's got, everything else has been perfect. You got you got to take one loss every now and then with every with the call out or the people he's brought in. All right, thanks. See you All right, Kendrick Morales. I thought they were just going to wait till Didi came to get rid of Kendrick. Uh, set him down. He did have three hits. Versus the Sox in one game. But yeah, as a Yankee, it's pretty brutal. He's not he's not gonna be he's not here for long with all everyone coming back. Uh when Didi comes back, who do you still want Mr. Ken to be the first down? Does Clint go down? And yeah, it's um we didn't see Tyro the whole Boston series. I personally love Tyro and it sounds like everyone really likes Tyro. Um so it you you'd think it's not him, but it it could be and you I mean you'd you'd shrug for a minute and then move on. Um I had a good laugh when we were talking Clint yesterday because I said, you know, Clint's basically Kendry's now and then I was like, well, actually not cuz at least Kendry's can play a little first base if you need it. Um I don't know, man. Uh, you you mentioned the media stuff, um, which you're a little more tuned in to me. I mean, would that not be a little old school? And I mean, at the same time, almost make a little sense if Didi came up and they sent Clint down. I mean, that's a little that's a little 1990s kind of old school baseball. Like, a you can't catch a fly ball. B you did bad stuff with the media. Why don't you take the bus, kid, and figure it out? Um, and we, we would love you to help this team later this year. I don't think you and I think they're going to do that because this is the new age, you know, millennials, pat them on the back, everything's going to get better. Um, so, Clint, I mean, I, I don't, I never, like, I never bought into the whole millennial, soft, need to be catered to. I'd never really been on that screaming that on the street corner, you know? But Clint right. embodies it so much because I'm scared to send him down because you might break him forever. Yeah, you might break him, or again, it, it could go the other way. You'd like you'd like to hope it would. You'd like to think someone could learn from their lesson a little bit there. But um, I, I think Ken Mo is still the safe bet, although he, he had a couple hits. And again, if him and Clint Frazier are both DHs and you could just send Clint down without losing Kendry Morales, which you would because you can't option him anywhere, um, I, I think it's definitely a very interesting conversation. Um, 
I, I think Kenmo's the safe bet. Clint's the dark horse, and Tyro would be stabbing a knife into my chest. Ooh, which we'd all pay to see. Yeah. If you give $20 a month on Patreon, you get the video of Jake stabbing a knife into his chest. Oof. Went Eventually. 20, huh? Um So with the Yankees ceasing to play Kate Smith's rendition of Gagwa American in the seventh inning, obviously there's a big void in the Bronx. And I wanted to ask you guys, which player do you think would give the best rendition of Gagwa America? And the follow-up one, which player do you want to see give a rendition of God Bless America? I guess. Thanks. Nick from Santa Barbara chiming in with a great question. Wow, that's a good one. Which player do we want to hear sing God Bless America the most? Who do you think would be good at it? And who do you just want to hear? Wow. Let's do who do we think would be good at it first. Who would be good? Who would be good? Um... Okay, I'm going around the horn right now. Romine always comes up in these kind of things. I think Romine would be like at a rock rocker version of it. Oh yeah, yeah. But he he likes music. Um, you know, I, I could see him put on a performance. Uh oh, dude. And whenever these questions comes up, dude, Didi would be incredible because oh, he's just D- incredible at everything. He's just good at everything. So Didi would be good um, at it. Intern Luke says Maben or Gardner. Gardner's got too small of a mouth. He can't, he can't hit those notes. Yeah. CC might um, give you a, a beautiful one. You know, what I'm, you know what my sleeper pick is? Who's your sleeper? Gumby. I just like to think of him as like an idiot savant. And then like that dude sings that so beautifully. Right. Like it's, it's karaoke night and Gumby comes up. Everyone's done like Britney Spears and shit. Gumby comes up and just rips like Michael. God bless. uh, Yeah. Like, whoa, who knew? I'm trying to picture bullpen guys have to be decent singers because you have to entertain yourself for seven innings. Right. Am I allowed to say that Chapman would be funny because he doesn't speak English great uh, and it would be like broken English. Is that rude to say? That whole thing kind of gets touchy because I was going to say, like, I think I'm, but it's also because we love him. Like, Tanaka, I bet Tanaka would put on a performance. Um, Are you but I don't kidding want me? Pe- <laughs> if anyone isn't watching the video, my eyes just turned into cartoon hearts and bounced around my skull. I need a video yeah. of Tanaka singing God Bless America or J- Jap- Japan's anthem. No, I want it to be God Bless America because I want to be able to understand it. Uh, give us both. Give us both. But yeah, that's where I didn't know where I I obviously don't want to be like insensitive to anyone. But yeah, like I think Tanaka puts on a performance that can't be beat. Um, oh, wow. Canely, I mean, Canely's the guy that gets way too drunk at karaoke. Then like he's you know, screaming. Rips. God bless. He's screaming it a little yeah. bit. Um, yeah, they got to move the mic away from him like five times. Like, mm. no, man. Mm-hmm. They actually take the mic away. He's just singing a cappella for the stadium. Yeah. I was like, one of the bullpen, there's, a, there's someone in our bullpen who can sing. I don't know if it's Chad, and he like does it once a year at family events, and they're like, no. Chad, your voice is beautiful. It's probably Holder. Holder, maybe. Yeah, he, he, Holder's the country singer on the team. Yeah. Next. Hey, fellas, this is Mickey McCray, a uh, member of the Talking Yanks, Mick Clan. I just wanted to touch base. I've got a little dilemma going on. I've got a buddy that's a lifelong Met fan that confessed to me this past week uh, that he is ready to jump ship from Queens to the Bronx. Uh, I told him that he'd be welcome with open arms, but I think we need to give some sort of penance to make up for his time uh, on the wrong uh, New York team. So I wanted to get your opinion on what he should do. Uh, it's not like he's a Boston fan where we shouldn't have him jump off a bridge or something like that. But at the same time, you know, he chose to be a Mets fan. So I think we've got to do something. I need some uh, some ideas of what to suggest. Thanks, guys. Love you. Jake's up. Bye. Lifelong friend is a Mets fan who right. wants to become a Yankees fan. Nick, right. part of the Nick clan, he said, wants to put him through a test or say okay you have to pay the the toll now you become can become a yankees fan yeah there's like an initiation fee um 
Ooh, I don't know. That's tough. I think um, I, I think it's kind of like when people talk about bandwagons in sports, like the Mets. I don't know. Mets fans almost get a pass, right? Like I'm, I you know I'm a big Knicks fan, and I I, I don't know. It's mostly empty words, but like if if everything fell through for the Knicks this off season, like I'd be sitting here like what we're again, like we're we're doing this again, so. Um, I don't know. I, I think as long as it's a friendly initiation, like maybe it's they have to rewatch the Subway series or something like that. Nothing too harsh, but. I think you just got to just got to just say, OK, drop your burden and enjoy your life, your new life. Just just make sure you subscribe to Talking Yanks and every, every person's phone you have. Just subscribe them to Talking Yanks. Nick, that's what your buddy has to do is to become a, a constant Talking Yanks listener. And then he's allowed to root for the Yankees. Wow. Thanks, Nick, for bringing us a new listener. That was nice. Wow. That was really nice. Business. That was good. And one more voicemail. All right. Um, what's up, guys? It's Sam Collin from the Jersey Shore couple of quick points. One, I think we're out of the woods here, and I wanted to get your take on it. Are we officially going to say that Luke Boyd is not a fluke? Because he's crushing balls. He's a good he's a good baseball player. I'm going to put that out there. Um, and also, I'm really, really done. It's, we're watching game one of the Red Sox series. I'm really done seeing Kendris Morales. I, I don't want to see his face. I don't. All right. We just talked about Kendris, so I'm going to cut that off. Yeah. But Voight is not a fluke. I, I'm confident saying I expect him to be uh, this version of himself through the rest of the season and next season. There's no reason to not believe. Um, he's He's been nothing short of incredible. Uh, I mean, slightly less than the crazy pace he was on when he joined the Yankees, but, I mean, it, it had to come down to earth a little bit. But He also doesn't he, have the He looks so solid up there. He doesn't have, like, Judge and Stanton in the lineup with him. He's become Judge. Yeah, he's been batting in our the now-coveted two-hole in Major League Baseball. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's been basically as solid as solid gets. I think he went through one mini slump at the end of the West Coast trip and the, the start of coming home. But outside of that, I mean, he's been um, as steady and reliable as they come, and it's uh, a straight cash god. Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. I think that ends the show. You got anything last words? Is that, is that our new ending? <laughs> All right. That ends the show. All right. No, I wish I wish <laughs> I had something. Ends the show. Wish I had something better to end the show with, but I don't. Uh, we got um, Toronto coming up. Right. Vladdy Jr. playing on the turf. So expect Hicks to sit a game. Sit Hicks a game, sit Guardy a game, probably move Mabin around. Yeah. Don't know if they throw Clint out there. Um, that'll be that'll be what everyone looks at as soon as the lineup comes out tomorrow. That'll be the first. And Jimmy, thing I've got does. I've got good news for you. What we well, this is bringing the podcast full circle. Um, we didn't use any of our good bullpen guys on Sunday, and we have an off day today. So we're uh, we're already starting a little mini rest cycle for them. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I'm just reading more Clint stuff floating around the interwebs. It's weird. It's weird. The fan base he has is very weird because they're they're not baseball fans, Jake. Like swag I, fans. Yeah, it's very interesting. Though. Like on Instagram, the people are like one bad game, and I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, sorry, I don't watch a lot. It's like, cool. hey, that's who his fan base is. He's got Instagram yeah. fans. He's like an Instagram guy. Yeah. Everyone, He's a model. So am I. Yeah. Imagine if Gary Sanchez didn't talk to the media after that Tampa game last year. I mean, if there was ever a yeah. time to not face the music. D.E.D. dead. Yeah. All right. That's all. Thank you guys for listening. We will be back tomorrow with KT Stats. Katie Sharp, Sharp Stats. I think we already have one voicemail that's good for Sharp Stats, Jake. But if you guys got others, if you want to use Katie's incredible uh, insight and research ability and uh, all that good stuff, call in. Or just tweet at us. We'll be back tomorrow with a little episode. And then on Thursday or Friday, we'll have the Toronto recap. Enjoy your week. 
Enjoy the Toronto series. Yanks are the best ever. Jake is the middle tier ever. And I'm right there with him. And that's about it. Go Yanks. Tell Grams. Tell them, Grandma. Go Yankees.